Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, sometimes people just feel like, I just don't want to. Yeah. They just don't want to get up. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're pregnant right now. You might have moments where you feel like I just don't want to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then because I'm pregnant, I say, ah, I just don't have to. (laughs) Oh, so you give yourself an excuse. This is a thing. Okay, so a lot of times that is what happens. People give themselves excuses why they don't have to make themselves follow through with something that they know in their heart they want to have done. So this is actually called laziness. We're going to be talking about laziness today and we're going to present a laziness cure that Paige during your pregnant time, you can even use to help you hopefully accomplish more of the things that you know you want to do really inside, even though in the minute you go, ah, but I don't. (laughs) So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. And the fun family activity relates to what I am wearing right now. Paige, <laughs> what does my outfit look like right now? I mean, I look so good, right? Oh, yeah, totally. No makeup, apron, t-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But it's, okay, it's, it's not just any apron, though. It's your canning apron. It's my canning apron and my picking apron and everything else. So now I, people are like, this is not fun. I can tell right now this is not fun. <laughs> she is wearing a canning apron. No, this is fun. It is so fun to do adult skills with children. So there's one thing I, I determined when I was raising my children, and that was they will always know how to create food, how to grow it, how to take care of it and preserve it. There's no reason for my children to ever feel like that starvation ever would have to be in their future. All I have to do is teach them how food comes to be and how to preserve it so you can use it later. No problem. And and I was raised to do this by my mom. So here's the deal. There are different times of year in different places where there are different things that are ready to harvest, okay? So I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but we're filming this in the summer. So this is a this is why I am in an apron and getting ready to do canning. It is apricot time where I live and apricots are such a versatile fruit. So mm-hmm. I've been picking the tree of apricots. I had a neighbor come over and I was offering them some fruit last night and they helped with some picking, but we are nowhere near done. We still have so <laughs> much apricots to go. And so tonight is our youth activity group for all of the young people at our church. And I'm in charge of the girls youth group. So ages 12 to 18. And so we do activities and I like all of our activities to teach them something, to be things where they learn something, where they grow, where they develop more confidence because just games and stuff don't really give a lot of confidence and help a person feel comfortable and and successful in their life. Mm -hmm. So anyway, tonight, 
this is what we're doing. Okay. This is our fun activity for the youth group. It's going to take two hours, but there is no reason that a family couldn't do this too. Okay. So we have apricot chicken in the crock pot. I'm going to make apricot salad dressing to go on a salad. We're making in the group, we're making homemade apricot jam. We're going to make apricot syrup. We're going to make apricot fruit leather. And then we're having like a dinner that's all apricot. Okay. So <laughs> they're going to, they're going to come over at six o'clock and we're going to start apricotting. And then midway through, when we've got things into the canner, we're going to eat an apricot meal, right? And I'm going to even let them come out to the tree and help pick more, what? Apricot. Mm -hmm. So we are going to go apricot crazy tonight. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'm just so happy to have this time to spend with the girls and to teach them this. So well, and the opportunity to like tell them about how like amazing apricots are because right now they're expensive to buy them from the grocery store. So the fact that you have two whole trees chuck full of just these orange, beautiful jewels is amazing. Yeah. I mean, right now my neighbor who was, who was taking home so, some home last night, he says to me, you know, these are $8 a pound at the store, right? He's like, this is like a gold mine. He's taking buckets of them away. And I'm like, happy to share, happy to share the wealth because it's so, so much wealth. Now I know not, maybe not everybody loves a, an apricot, but we're going to have apricot nectar tonight. So apricot drink, we're going to make um, oatmeal apricot cookies. Yum. We are going to have so much apricot goodness. It's going to be so much fun tonight. So I'm cooking all day. And I'm going to be cooking with the girls and, and teaching and stuff all night. And we're going to eat this fun, this fun feast. It's going to be so exciting. So it's a little bit more work maybe than goes into a normal fun family activity, but I promise you the outcome on this activity will be golden. So last fall in, I think it was probably September, August or September. I had, when the plums were on, I had all of the girls at the church come over and we taught them how to make plum jam. And I made some homemade bread earlier that day and they put their plum jam on the bread and they, I gave them some plum fruit leather and they were like in heaven. In fact, it was like one of the funnest activities they'd ever had. And it's because they were learning something that was for real. And I was handing out knives. I'm like, here's a knife. Here's a knife. Okay. And like, here's this hot stove. Don't burn yourself. I mean, we were literally doing the real real adult stuff, you know, not like babyish Gerber activities for youth. It was the real deal stuff. Adults don't even know how to do. And they knew that and boy, they just come alive. So if you want your children to thank you later and to have some amazing memories, find someone that's growing something near you. If you don't have anything growing on your own trees, figure out what to do with it and make plans to have a really cool activity working on, you know, preparing that food that you've grown or that somebody else has grown so that your children understand the value of it and get the opportunity to develop that confidence. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on uh, to talk about laziness. But before we do, we have to talk about self-government because part of the laziness cure involves self-government. So Paige, we look at everything here at the Teaching Self-Government podcast through the lens of self-government. So please explain to us what is self-government? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Mm -hmm. 
So true. So this is more than just self-control. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is actually knowing how to regulate yourself, which means, you know, oh, well, I have a tendency to get this feeling when this happens. And then I can think this thought, which turns out damaging because then I end up using emotions like this that aren't good for my relationships, for my own happiness or anything else. So when I get that feeling that I see coming into me, I am going to choose to have this thought and change my response to be this direction, which is going to be productive and helpful for me. That is self-regulation. That means a person actually knows how they work. It's not just holding back the storm. In fact, it's like, there's no storm. It's saying, I'm not going to have storms. I'm going to watch out for myself now. And parents and children need to learn self-government. Otherwise, relationships are hurt. Um, Success is hindered. A person's feeling of, of worth even can be affected by how well they can control themselves. I know there's many people, Paige, you and I both know people who feel like if they can't control certain things at a certain time, that somehow, you know, they, you know, they aren't happy. They sometimes feel broken or like there's a problem with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is for people to work on bit by bit, because it takes time, you know, to overcome certain things, but to say, okay, I don't like this about me. So I'm going to work on it. I'm going to fix it. Now that doesn't mean I'll be perfect immediately, but I'm going to put some effort in and work on this. All right. So let's talk about laziness. We're going to talk about how to work on laziness today. Sometimes people just say, I don't want to. What does it look like um, with, with the child? Um, yeah, say so the most common thing when we think of laziness is, oh, my child is so lazy. And so a lot of times that looks like, um, you know, maybe your child doesn't want to get out of bed. I know I was definitely that child. Oh, um, and that, sister. <laughs> that was one of our conversations. We had that one way too many times. Yes, lots and lots and lots of times. Um, it also looks like they don't want to share or do their share. Um, so whether it be chores or their responsibilities around the house, stuff like that. School, home, mm-hmm. you know, it could be anything. I don't want to go to my practice cause it seems too hard and I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't want to help out. So I know for me, I, when I was younger, I fell into a habit of trying to pick the easiest thing I could do to help out. And so when we would be doing, um, like when we'd be working in the yard, I would try and pick the easiest job because I didn't want to have to work very hard. You're like, I'll do this. I'll water the plants. I'll water the plants. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, Everybody else is like pulling weeds, turning dirt (laughs) and like planting stuff. Mm. I was being smart. Mm, Well, I mean, there is some intelligence there, right? looking at the whole list and saying, how do I take the path of least resistance? (laughs) How can I still help, but not work? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, is people who do that think nobody else recognizes it, but well, they do. Pretty much everyone else does. Yeah. Yeah. People feel ill used, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, especially if a project is your own project and you're like, Hey, help me with the project. And then you don't help. Right. It's like, yeah. Excuse me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. <laughs> along with those things that they don't want to do, um, children usually only want to do, you know, quote unquote, fun things or 
you know, the lazy things. So maybe it's lounge about and watch TV for the majority of the day or um, do crafts, you know, when other people are working, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing is there's usually a lot of complaining that happens. Um, so, you know, just, I don't want to, or it's too hot outside, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then another one is excuses. So making up things or bringing up irrelevant points to try and get out of work. Oh yeah. In fact, that those excuses are vital. That's how a person trains their brain to decide they are not being lazy. I'm not being lazy because I didn't get much sleep last night. All right. I'm not being lazy because (laughs) I don't have time for that. I'm not being lazy because I'm doing this for somebody else or, you know, whatever it happens to be. So they definitely trend toward excuses. That is so important. But those excuses are actually entitlement. Oh, ouchie. It's true. And it's true because like even me is a problem. Yeah. We talked about just, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, me being pregnant, I, I have seen myself fall into somewhat of an entitled behavior and being like, Oh, I can't get off the couch or, Oh my goodness. It's going to take three scoots to get off of this couch. Hey, Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Will you do that so that I don't have to do exactly. Yeah. But I realized that and I'm like, this isn't, this is not okay. Like, yeah. I, even though, you know, my belly is getting larger, I'm still able to do things like maybe it'll take me a little bit longer, but I'm still able to do them. And so I should do them and not just expect them to be done for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're hitting on something really important here. And that is that when you're not lazy, sometimes it requires having patience. Mm-hmm when you're not entitled and you're not selfish, that means that sometimes you have to employ patience because some of the reasons that people don't want to do stuff is because it's going to take so much time, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, when you say it's okay, stuff takes time. I'm okay with that. I can have patience. Then that all of a sudden undermines those excuses and that laziness, you know, that happens. So entitlement is a big problem. Uh, that families are facing today. There's so many different reasons. Well, and a lot of it is why. learned. Yeah, say one of those reasons is learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the parents will exhibit it and then they'll wonder why their children are being so entitled and lazy. Yeah, so all of those things you just listed for a child, like I don't want to wake up in the morning. I don't want to do my share. I, I'm too busy. I, I got to do something on my phone. I, I don't want to help out. I'm going to take the easy road, you know, and we're just going to not clean or we're going to whatever. I I only want to go do fun things too, because, you know, it's hot and whatever. And (laughs) I just want to go to the beach or, you know, the complaining, ah, you know, I don't have this and the excuses. This is all parent behavior too. So now Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that a selfish child came from a selfish parent. So we need to be clear about that. No, but it does. It does. It can mean that the parent facilitated it. Yeah. In fact, excuse making, especially and complaining. If a parent complains and makes excuses, if you're talking to your friends on the phone and you're making excuses for things you didn't do, or you're complaining, you are teaching your child to do the same thing. So you're, you're giving them a free pass to laziness to saying, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So now some people say, yeah, but what if, you know, I mean, sometimes you just really don't want to. Okay. Well, so what you do is there are some days where, where you say to yourself, I really do need more sleep, you know, like for my health or something. Yeah. Right? Where you're actually like analyzing the situation from mm-hmm. a non-biased perspective and you're saying, oh yeah, I only got like five and a half hours of sleep last night. 
So either I take a couple extra hours now or I take a nap later in the day because I know I'm not going to be able to function very well. Right. So what I did always, um, so I was a homeschool mother, which meant you got to get up, you got to get going. Right. I mean, there's things to do. Especially because you expected us to be up early too. Well, yeah. You're not going to get up if I don't get up. Exactly. (laughs) So I got to get up so that everybody else gets up. We we've had to do school stuff all day long. We had to keep the momentum going, the energy going. Um, plus there's, you know, business stuff I got to do plus helping dad with projects. Plus, like I mentioned earlier, canning, growing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like you got to get moving, you got to get going. So I didn't have time for lots of excuses. That doesn't mean they didn't come into my head from time to time. (laughs) And I wasn't like, Oh, you know, ah, if I only, you know, but every once in a while, um, I would recognize I did need a down day, but I would plan for that. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, we had two days of the week that were sleep-in days. We slept in on Thursdays and on Saturdays. Those were our sleep-in days, and we just planned them. So we knew if we weren't getting enough sleep the other days or if we needed to just have a little bit more of a, ah, it was going to be Thursday mornings and Saturday mornings. Those were going to be our special sleep-in days. And that was a beautiful thing for me because I did, it's like, I gave myself permission to sleep in those days. Wait, and then you the put other- like a bunch of effort in at the beginning of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, okay, let's go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Then Thursday, like, okay, let's have a break. Then Friday, okay, let's get ready for the end of the week and beginning of next week. And then mm-hmm. Saturday was, oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, on, in the morning, at least, you know, we always yeah. did a lot of work as a family of on course. Saturdays and, and played and did some things, but yeah, I mean, you have to keep yourself moving. So um, one thing that I did is I determined how much sleep do I really need? Like, <laughs> Yeah, to function. And when I was younger, I could get by with six hours a day. Okay. So six hours was my bare minimum. Okay. But if I got seven, then I was like, whoo, I am happy, happy girl, seven hours, (laughs) you know? And sometimes if I went up to nine, I'd actually stay tired all day. Cause so you can actually sleep too long and that can create more tiredness, which is Mm -hmm. a problem. So I decided how many hours does a person my age need? And I picked seven as my optimal hours. So what that meant was I had to decide this, when is go to bed time, right? Mm -hmm. So I often told myself, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed at 1030 because I had to wake up early to go teach water aerobics for years and years. I would wake up at like 530 so that I could be at the pool at six to teach water aerobics. So that gave me seven hours of Mm -hmm. sleep that I could get. So you have to be really like, this is my bedtime, right? Be diligent. Yeah. But then I also told myself, I'm going to wake up on time no matter what. And if for some reason I had a bad night, I'm going to give myself permission to take a nap at a certain point in the day. And so sometimes I would take these quick, like, oh, I'm going to take a 20 minute nap. Yeah. Power naps. Or if the night was especially bad, I might take enough of an hours, you know, put in as many hours in my nap as I needed to make up for the seven hours or at very least the six. Because sometimes you were up late. Four hour period, I needed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that was my, if you just know ahead of time, this is what you need, then that helps with the sleep. But there are other things we just don't want to do. Sometimes we don't want to clean. Sometimes we don't want to cook. Sometimes the children don't want to do their chores. Sometimes we don't want to do our chores. Sometimes you just explained my life. (laughs) 
<laughs> there you go. Okay, well, let's talk, Paige. Let's talk. Yeah, no, that's actually why I, you know, wanted to talk about this is because it's something that I realized I've been struggling with lately. So um, parents, a lot of times will talk about the laziness of their children, but I was like, what about the laziness in adults? Because like, I mean, sure, I'm, I'm a parent, but I don't have a child running around yet or that I have to, you know, carry in my arms. But even as a new parent, like I still get really lazy sometimes. And, you know, I like to just give in and be like, Ugh, it's, it's a no chore day, you know? And especially like, I'll, I'll do this with my homework as well. Um, and then I have to make up for it later, but I'm like, okay, this needs to be fixed because yeah, I don't want to get up when my alarm goes off and I don't want to pull my weight. Um, I don't want to do my chores. I even typed up a chore list for me and Joseph to do because, uh, you know, I'm like, we need something. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get going now, here. I know, especially because yeah, we just well, moved in and we still have things that are like, you know, scattered around the house, but I'm like, okay. I, I need something that's going to tell me how to fix this so that I can actually make the conscious decision to do it and have a plan of action in place. Okay. So it really is mind over matter. Okay. I learned this. I will forever love my fifth grade teacher, Mr. <laughs> Whiting. Okay. Mr. Whiting, the fifth grade teacher, he taught us German and all these different things. It was like a fifth, sixth split, like a little accelerated class. And, but there was all these really smart kids in the class, but also that equaled really high energy people. Okay. Because lots of times the children that are, are a little bit more accelerated, they are also a little bit more active. They're like, (laughs) you know, and so it was high energy. Yeah. And we, oh my word, people played pranks on him and each other and all these different things. And and during that time, I mean, one of my friends like developed a business that he's still doing to this day. I mean, it's crazy to me. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, just crazy. So, um, but Mr. Whiting had us go and run a mile and a half every day, like every day. It didn't matter when it was. And he was in his like white shirt and tie and dress pants and dress shoes. And he was out there running with us. And he was this huge, tall guy. His legs were like, I don't know, as tall as a car, but they would just, he would just pass (laughs) us by and we'd be out there running and we would all make goals for ourselves. He'd say, okay, let's make goals. I want you to make a running goal. How many times are you going to run around? And he would come around and pass us. And he would always say, mind over matter mind over matter. And that really impressed me. I'm like, is that how he does it? Is that how he does everything he does? Mind over matter, mind over matter. And I was like, that is strength. So I kept telling myself that as I was, I was, I would run, I would repeat his words in my head, mind over matter, mind over matter until I could get that mile and a half down. Mm-hmm. And for me, honestly, my lungs weren't very strong because I had <laughs> pneumonia when I was little and they never were super strong, but I, I made myself do, do, do that. And there was a point where I was one of the fastest people in the class, all because of those words, mind over matter. So he trained me that yes, matter is there. Okay. So you got this little ball in your belly and she's growing all the time. And so your bump is growing here. Here yes. we go. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we should think, I think I should indulge myself every single day day, right? Mm -hmm. Because then we fall into entitlement. We start expecting stuff of other people. We become grumpy at other people. When our life doesn't go right, guess what we do? We start blaming other people when we're entitled and when we're lazy. Yeah. 
And so then we start thinking, oh, it's my husband's fault. Things aren't going right. If he would help more mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and we're not doing our share. So we have to think mind over matter. We've got to be honest with us about what the matter is. Okay. So here's say the for matter. me, it's mind over mattress. But, you know. <laughs> true, true. I, you have always been mind over mattress, but yes. you can do it. And I've seen you do it many, many times. So, but the thing is, is if you're going to have mind over mattress, you've got to prepare the mind ahead of time. Because it's let me true. just. And no, I found tip. that like when, like the night before, I think ahead, I'm like, okay, I have to be up by this time because I need to accomplish this and this and this by this time. Then I'm always up. Sometimes I'm even up before Joseph. Mm-hmm. And he's usually up by like six thirty-seven, and I'm like, "Wow, look at me go! I'm amazing!" And it's then the whole day goes amazing. For it. Yeah, yeah. Your brain prepares for it. So let me give you a little tip, okay? In the morning, when it's time to wake up, and you did not prepare, your brain—it's not ready. Your brain is like, "Sleep. I was just doing that. Sounds good. Let's keep going." I mean, your brain is not going to go anywhere else and you would have to force it there, which means your will would have to get engaged Mm -hmm. while half asleep. So the reason why it works so great when you plan ahead is because you get the brain ready. You tell the brain before bed, there will come a time when that little thing will ding and you have to sit up and wake up. You have to put your feet on the floor. You have to stand up and you don't get to touch the bed again, because if not, these are your consequences. So brain, do your job, make me get up, right? Mm-hmm. And you tell yourself that and then boom, it happens. Sometimes you wake up two minutes before the alarm and oh, you're I like, what? That. What? I could have had two minutes <laughs> anyway, but then you're like, well, the brain was ready. Obviously the brain was ready. Anyway, so let's talk about the cure. Okay. We're going to call this the laziness cure. It, this works for children. This works for parents. This works for anybody. These steps to cure laziness. So step number one, we're touching on right now, and that's bl- plan ahead through pre-teaching yourself. So self-government hinges on pre-teaching. Mm-hmm. You prepare yourself ahead of time. Otherwise you'll never self-regulate. You won't, you'll fall into the same traps again and again. So you plan ahead. You say, what do I usually do? What do I don't, what do I not like about it? What should I do? And what's my plan going to be? Yeah. Then as part of that preparation, you prepare not to accept your own excuses. So you have to give yourself yourself a no answer basically. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. So you're pre-teaching for this upcoming instruction that's going to happen. And then there are steps to accepting a no answer, right? There's four steps to accepting a no answer that we talk about in the teaching self-government program. So you are now going to say, okay, now when I feel an excuse coming on, when I think it because self, you always think stuff like this, (laughs) you always think this one and you cannot fall and be trapped by that tomorrow. So when that excuse comes around, you just tell that excuse, nope not doing it and you just accept the no answer that nope not going to follow that excuse not going to think that excuse instead i'm going to think this other thing that's going to get me going yeah have and an you action just prepare plan. ahead of time exactly okay step number two in the cure is have so, an accountability person to report to mm-hmm. and sometimes that's even yourself but i know for me i usually be like joseph guess what i did you know, or I'll tell them the night before, but okay, this is what has to happen. You know, I need to be awake by this time. I don't care what time you wake up, but for me, I have to be up by this time. 
And so it's really nice, you know, a little bit later that day, I can be like, guess what, Joseph, I did it. I was up. And sometimes he'll even notice it before I do. He'll be like, wow, honey, you were up. I'm so proud of you. You know, look at you getting out of bed and getting stuff done. So mm-hmm. he's actually really good at praising the things that I tell myself I'm going to do. Yeah. So that's a really good one. And like you said, it can be yourself. It could be a journal. It could be a notebook that you write in every day. There could be a mark on the calendar that says I got up. Now I know we're only focusing on waking up here, but there are so many things. Okay, We're talking (laughs) showers, exercise, um, cleaning the house, making food by a certain time, whatever. You can track anything that you're working on. So I highly recommend pick one or two to work on at first. And for your children, start with one or two. Let's, or start with those four basic skills, you know, that we teach. And then move into, okay, and now we've got this other problem with the sibling rivalry. Let's apply it to that. Or, or, or with the you know, not wanting to do your schoolwork. Let's apply it to that, right? Mm-hmm. And and for yourself, okay, making dinner. Let's apply it to that. So um, I love talking to a person though. When you've got a person to report to or you're writing it down in some way, that just makes you stick, you know, stick to your course. In fact, I often exceed my own expectations mm-hmm. when I have a person that I'm going to report to. This yep. is a real thing. And so this is the beauty of the meetings. You know how in the teaching self-government program, we've got three meetings. We have couples meetings, family meetings, and then individual mentor meetings. These are all times of reporting. So and when you have these moments in place, the family, the couple, and the individual are going to start exceeding expectations because they're used to reporting. Okay. So number three is schedule it. Okay. And this is key. You have to have a schedule. I know for me, um, with my business that I do, I have a planner that I plan everything out. And when I'm consistent with that, all of my days are efficient because I have everything planned out almost down to like the minute, Mm -hmm. um, maybe like five minute increments. But, uh, when I have everything scheduled and I follow that schedule and I don't allow my spontaneous laziness to get in the way, then I feel so accomplished and so fulfilled at the end of every day. And I go to bed knowing, okay, I accomplished what I wanted to today. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It feels so nice, doesn't it? Here's the thing. If there is a person who is a, by nature, don't give me a schedule person. It would be you, Paige. <laughs> oh, I know. It would be, you would be like, and now let's crochet. <gasps> and now let's make brownies. And now <laughs> let's go to the park and go for a walk. Cause we got to walk off the brownies. Like you <laughs> would be that type of person it's true. where you by nature do not love schedules. Okay, I struggled with the schedule so hard growing up. Oh, you did. We worked on the schedule and worked on the schedule. And, and quite frankly, I understood a bit because I'm a live in the moment person myself, but I do know that I thrive better. I accomplish more. And you can still live in the moment with a schedule. So even though you have a schedule, you can be spontaneous in how you accomplish that thing or uh, stuff like that. So well, or leave yourself schedule time where it is the, just that time, you know, yeah. where you do like, fun stuff where you're like, you know what, every evening, you know, after dinner, it's like, just do whatever we want to do outside or yeah. yeah, just, you just factor it in, you know? So, but just, if you live, if you have that schedule in place, 
it keeps you holding yourself accountable to, mm-hmm. and you've got to make sure you come back to it. Don't just write it down once and never do it, you know, cause then it doesn't actually exist. It has to exist in your own heart too. <laughs> okay. Number four is instruct yourself. So there are four steps to following an instruction page. What are those steps? There's five steps. Oh, hello. You're there's four <laughs> skills. There's five. <laughs> thank you. See that? So good. Five steps. Thanks, Paige. Keep me on track here. Yes. I'm just thinking apricot too many times. <laughs> okay. So for following instruction, you look at the person, you keep a calm voice, face, and body. You say, okay, and or ask to disagree appropriately. Do the task immediately and then check back. So when okay. it comes, yeah, when it comes to doing it for yourself, um, I know for me, when I say, look at the person, I have to like take an internal look at myself and kind of step back and just be like, okay, self, you know, this is what has to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm very matter of fact, I'm still very calm with myself. So I don't beat myself up if I don't get something done, which, you know, a lot of people do fall into if they're lazy and they're like, oh, I wanted to get that done today, but I didn't. Anyway, so I say, okay, this is what needs to happen. And then I tell myself to go do it. And then I do it immediately, trying not to get distracted by other things along the way. And then, and then I check back with myself. I look at it and I say, it's done. Okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. then I go to what's next on my list or on my schedule. And then I do that process all over again. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. Okay, so there's another thing that you can do too. So look at the person. I love the look at yourself and say, come on self. This is what we're doing. And you're going to instruct yourself. That's great. Go to the mirror if you have to. (laughs) Um, But also just look at the situation. You know, the situation is kind of like what's facing you, that other person, that other thing that's there. So you look at the situation, which might be your schedule. (laughs) You look at the schedule, (laughs) keep a calm face, voice and body. Okay. Don't let it overwhelm you. Do not just say, okay, one thing at a time. It's totally fine. Right. And then you say, okay, it's, it's this time go and do this one. That's on that time right now. Immediately. Do not call anybody else. Do not go to social media. Do not pass go. Yeah, just go and then come (laughs) check back. And you know what you check back? You do check on the side of the list or on the side of the schedule or whatever. I did it. Check. Huzzah. Yeah, exactly. So that's your check back. You tell yourself you did good. Okay, so you're going to also check back and on a bigger scale at the end of the day. So that's step number five in the cure is the report. Okay, so you are going to report to your notebook. You're going to report to yourself. You're going to report in prayer. Maybe you're working on something that you're working out with God. You're going to report to, you know, whoever your, your check-in person is, maybe your spouse or whoever, you know, a friend that you're working with or a coach that's helping you, you know, maybe lose weight or something, whoever you check with, you report to them and they praise you or you praise you. You tell yourself you did good. And then you correct you too. You say, ah, you know what? I didn't do very good. Now for your children, they're going to check back. Hey, I did that mom. Is there anything else? They're going to have done that instruction that they needed to do right then. And then what are you going to do? You're going to do an effective praise and you're going to do a prop or a proper correction if they need it. So you're going to help them get back on track, right? In that moment. So 
it, just have that process in place. Okay, so step number six, this is the final step, and that is the big picture follow-up. So then you also have these like weekly meetings where you follow up with those people and say, how are we doing with this? Do we need to change anything or adjust anything? We've been working at it now for a few days. What have we noticed? What can we improve, right? So if you have the in the minute small follow-ups and then the big picture follow-ups and you've got somebody else or something else like a notebook engaged with you and you're pre-teaching yourself ahead of time, instructing yourself, you understand how to use those four basic skills. You are going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So I feel a little bit like Miss Piggle Wiggle, okay, <laughs> with, um, with this title because I'm like laziness cure, right? I love Miss Piggle Wiggle books. She's so fun. Books. And she always comes up with these little creative like the selfishness cure or whatever, you know, <laughs> in the different chapters to her book. Um, but I will say that a cure does not mean necessarily a magic trick. Okay. Or a, pill. a cure. Like when, yeah, well, but when you do think of medicine, you think of something that will interact with your body chemicals in a way chemically to help you fix the problem. Well, what we're doing here is we're saying the cure is you understand how you work and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so then you understand what you need. What pieces do you need to fill in there? And we have given you this six-step process, which are pieces that, well, pretty much almost everybody needs. And so <laughs> then if you fill those in, you don't have to worry about the excuses anymore. You don't even need to have them anymore because you've got other pieces that are going to take the place of the excuses and the reason why you are not getting things done. So Paige, I know you're pregnant and I know that you get sleepy and your body gets a little achy and you know, you got still some weeks to go. So it's going to get worse. <laughs> Just a few. Okay. And you mm. should enjoy pregnancy, but you also of course, have that desire to get things done and ready for baby and for yourself and everything else. So what you have to do is you have to desire to move more than you desire to hit, not mm -hmm. hit, sit, <laughs> do not hit anyone. No, that is not good. <laughs> you need to have a desire to move more than a desire to sit. That yeah. was the word I was trying to say. And, um, and if you do, and you put these pieces in place, do you think you will be able to overcome some of that? I don't want to get up. Yeah. And I think another big thing that will really help as well is just shifting my expectations because before I was pregnant, I'm like, okay, I can feasibly do this amount of a task in this amount of time. So now my expectation might be, okay, the task might have to be a little smaller with just a little bit more time, but I can still accomplish that. So I can put that into my schedule and instruct myself to do that instead. Mm, I love that. That's really powerful. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's also important for parents with kids too. Um, you know, it could be that maybe you are expecting a lot from them and maybe they haven't quite learned the skills for what you're expecting of them. But that doesn't give you an excuse to let them get away with stuff. So you have to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's good that, to evaluate your expectations. And that's why you have to do pre-teaching, right? That mm -hmm. plan ahead pre-teach step is important. If you feel like people aren't following through, people aren't, you know, they're being lazy, whatever, go back to the teaching, start with the teaching, Yeah. start with step number one, teach yourself, teach them, make a new plan. Even if you made a new plan yesterday and it failed, then the next day, make a new plan or that night, get back to the plan. 
So <laughs> it, it, it's, you, you can't do it enough times. It, it's never too much is what I'm saying. So some people think, well, I haven't kept my plan for three days in a row. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do it. That's called giving up. And that is another excuse. And so just and that means you need to start thinking outside the box. Yes. You might need a better way to follow through. Exactly. Exactly. And so I love um, you talking about tailoring some of those expectations for what you know you will be able to accomplish during that time. Especially and maybe even starting smaller, effort forward. like especially when you are in the laziness rut and you say, okay, I need to get out of this. But if I set my expectations of I'm going to deep clean the whole house in four hours, then there's no way I'm going to do that. And so mm-hmm. you have to, you have to start small. You say, okay, I'm going to start this one room and we're going to spend an hour on it. Or this one cupboard. Yeah. You might say, I'm going to get one cupboard beautiful. So that any time I am feeling like I am failing at house cleaning, I can go to that cupboard and I can be like, (laughs) oh, it's awesome. (laughs) And then you can say, okay, now I'm going to go make that drawer that is next to the cupboard look as good as the cupboard, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you move on to, now I'm going to do this bookshelf. Now I'm going to, yep, it might be piece by piece. So some people can keep it all ordered in their head very nicely. And I must admit, I am one of those people. So I can look at a situation and backstep (laughs) it and go, okay, well, I'm making a dinner for all apricot dinner for all these people tonight. Plus I got to get all this stuff ready for them to do. So I'm going to do this, then this, then this, I've got to put this one first, even though we're going to eat it at the end, I've got to make it first. Right. And so, and I'm the one who can do all that kind of stuff in my head, but I know not everybody's head works like that. And so some people feel like I can't do as much. Why can't I do as much? I always end up late and everything else. Well, you know what? Just start with the one thing. Tell yourself hoorah for the one thing. (laughs) And then over time, you'll start to, that time will start to flow within you a little bit more. It does take practice. It does. But that practice practice. has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And then then your capacity will grow. Absolutely. Totally does. Ah, I love self-government, Paige. I love (laughs) self-government. I love you. I love everybody who's trying improve themselves it makes the world a better place your children are happier you become happier because you're telling yourself no more negative excuses i'm just going to get going here and i'm going to take a step forward so so exciting if you want to find more information about teaching self-government boy do we have more for you okay we have a whole teaching self-government course there are teaching self-government books and supplies there are trainings and support groups and mentor calls all different ways yeah videos you can learn self-government and you know get going down that track so if you would like to know more please go to teachingselfgovernment.com and find more things there and we will talk to you again next time bye-bye bye you've been listening to the teaching self-government podcast For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.